Hello, everybody. Welcome to La Cantina. Boy, oh boy, we had four repechaje matches that we will be recapping tonight. And our predictions for Ligia. We are live on YouTube and Twitter Spaces. And let me introduce Joel. Joel, how are we doing? Greetings, Jaime. I'm doing, I'm doing good. You know, despite, despite uh, what happened, I'm still, I'm feeling good. <laughs> I, I was expecting it, so, so yeah. No harm done. Yeah, if you're listening, uh, we're pouring one out for the homies, a.k.a. Las Chivas at Guadalajara. You know, we had predicted Santos winning. We had predicted Pumas upsetting Toluca. We had predicted Rayados taking off the champions and Chivas getting over Puebla. Unfortunately, one out of our three predict- or four predictions was incorrect. Uh, Chivas managed to screw up. And uh, unfortunately, they were eliminated yesterday on penalties. Had to go to penalties. They were up yeah. 2-1. And uh, 89th minute... They uh, fell asleep on a corner kick, and Lucas Maia tied up the game in dramatic fashion. Uh, because it is a one-game, single-game elimination match, they decided to go straight to penalties, in which Chivas also had the advantage. Gudinho had one hell of a game, and it was all up to Chino Huerta to put it away to uh, to get us into the next round. He missed. And then it kind of changed the momentum back in Puebla's favor. And then uh, Mayorga ended up missing the the critical penalty in, in death match. It was like sudden death match. So, uh, Los Super Camotes, man. Yeah, and, and this was a team QS had beaten at the start of the season. Of course, this was under Bucetich. Uh-huh. They kicked out King Midas. I, I think Things would have gotten better had he been around at yeah. least that game. Um, of course, there's no real way of knowing. But I do feel like someone with this experience, he would have had it in the bag. And that's one of the things we were talking about, how some of these coaches, they, they've been around long enough. They know how to win these type of games, which is what we said about Aguirre, you know, going into Liguilla. He, he's been there, you know. He's he's been there before, but um, yeah, disappointing with the coats. I think that was the whole thing about removing the coach was supposedly a lot of the fans felt the team could do more, that there was more to the you know put Beltran, move this guy over here, switch this guy like that, and you know what we saw was. Pretty sad reality. Not not much really changed. Yeah, I can say that we kind of we, you know, one step forward, two steps back. I, as much as I did not agree, and you know, sort of bumped heads with with Vucetich, Yeah, I do also believe that if this is your guy and you renewed his contract for another season then you got to see it all the way through. You can't just backtrack on on what you did. And I, I think it's unfortunate. You know, I don't know 
how the team would have progressed under Vucetic. But I do believe that he deserved the opportunity to to see this thing through. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Jaime, he had taken them to a semifinals. Yeah. And he had even eliminated America to get there. Um, I, and I think people keep forgetting he never really had a chance to build a squad. Mm-hmm. They basically, he he came in that, that first season for him. He came in and it was uphill battle all the way from losing players to selection, to injuries, to doble jornadas. He never had much, you know, much chance to to work with the squad. And and I feel fans are overly critical, too defensive, too. But I mean, what are you going to do when you're missing all these players to not only to, you know, Mayor, but to the under 23, um, you know, and, and he gets to the semifinal and you think the team's going to build on that, right? They're going to take all the good and then pile on some more. And the opposite happened. They lose Macias. They lose like four other players to indiscipline. Yeah. They don't bring. They don't bring anyone. And how how are fans expecting the team to maintain that level? It's it's very difficult. And and you're seeing the other teams are getting refuerzos. So a team that now you were probably even with now they're coming in next season. You know they got that booster shot. Now they're more, <laughs> they're supposed to be stronger. And that's who you're, you know, they're all like, it's like the, the, the doggo meme that, you know, you see the small little dog and then the other picture is all buffed up. And and that's kind of what happens. And she was the opposite. They didn't, nothing. And yeah, the team looked bad and he was defensive and, and, and you could argue all of that. I never really defended that, um, that playing style, but I was like, how do you expect them to do more when when it's he's having to do the opposite, you know? Because he was still missing players on top of the ones that he lost. He was still missing players to, you know, to all these other tournaments, Olympics and whatnot. Um, yeah. And they made it to, they they made you know, they made it to repechaje, which was okay. At least you have that. At least you have that consistency, or at least. You're finishing top eight. Mm-hmm. Well, they finished nine, uh, the whole Atlas thing, but they should have finished eighth. I'm, I'm always going to remind people of that, Jaime. <laughs> I'm not letting that one go. Yeah, um, I agree. Not because, you know, people are going to forget, but I'm not. I'm going to make sure. <laughs> like, Pet Bridge Farm it's... remembers. <laughs> so, but I mean, that's at least some consistency as opposed to the Chivas we had been watching where it was like five straight seasons of finishing below 10th, 15th, 11th. Yeah. You know, bottom of the table. Um, and so, where was I? I lost, I lost my, my, um, my track. Okay. So basically, and it, it was more of the same now with him, but he, he never really got anyone, you know, they never brought in players. So, I mean, it's like you said, at least let him finish the season if you're going to get rid of him. But, to, you know, where they did it at that point, and then 
they you you know it was obvious they had no one that it was a Leaño move. It became very clear, you know. Now especially with all the news that came out, and it's like all of that shakeup just to bring this guy in, and he wasn't, you know, he's new, he's new to the game, and let's see what happens next season. I do feel that he might get two, three players. You know, if if there was that push to, for him, you know, the Leano, the Akrons, the, his whole his squad. I guess they're gonna put money. They and... better. Yeah, here's my thing. Under Vucetic, he did become like the caretaker midway through a season, and they end up in seventh position. They get into repechaje. They beat uh, Necaxa, and, and then they play against America and uh, Chicotres was our hero. Then, you know, we, we lose to a very, very, very good Leon team. And, you know, it kind of felt like, okay, like this is the real deal. Holyfield. Then we kind of, we, we kind of do take a step back. Uh, the whole Atlas thing puts us in ninth position. We get into repechaje against Pachuca. We end up getting trounced for two. This game against Puebla, it, it felt like, you know, it should have been Chivas. They should have won the match. They couldn't close out. Um, and it's unfortunate because I had predicted that we were going to play against, you know, either Atlas or America, and that would have made a lot of sense for everybody, for the television, yes. for it was a win-win situation. Now we have this, like, sort of underdog story with Puebla. <laughs> and, uh, you know, here's the thing, though. You know, I've, you know, this isn't my first rodeo. Like, Chivas have had way more difficult defeats since I've been a fan. So this one didn't really bother me that much. I didn't really have much expectations uh, for this season because we had agreed to renew Vucetic's contract. So I just didn't really feel confident about this season. My problem right now is I don't see much changing. I really don't feel optimistic about next season. And that's the part that really bothers me because we're not going to have a coach that's adequate for the job. We're going to have this guy who's a good friend of the owner. And then you have Belize, who has been a lot more um, bark than bite, to be honest. He's really, he said that we weren't going to talk about the Senso. We're going to talk about trophies and titles. And he hasn't fulfilled that promise. We have not seen progression. And I don't see anybody wanting to join Chivas. We don't have money. We might get Macias back. Um, the only thing that uh, was good news out of all of this is that uh, Oribe Perata's contract expires in December. He has decided <laughs> not to renew with Chivas. And we have just... Chivas, op- Chivas, Chivas uh, wait, 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 wait. They, they did Chivas offer him decided, a job, right? Yeah, but not as a player. They said like, a, like Uber driver, like just pick up the food and... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be our door dasher. The lift driver. Yeah, um, he wasn't there. He wants to keep playing. He still has a bit of a fire there. And I'm I'm sad that it ended that way because he's he did a lot for the selection and I wanted him to retire, you know, on a high note. Well, he ends up leaving through the back door. I did. I I brought out the calculator. I did the math and he was getting paid a little bit over two million pesos for every month so he was with chivas for a little bit over two years so he made 56 million pesos 
in the course of two seasons with Chivas, he only scored twice. Man. Yeah. Well, that was a negotiation that we have to remind the listeners. With, that was uh, between Higuera Higuera's, and uh, parting gift. <laughs> well, he did negotiate with Club America, and there was that talk. And, and you know what? We're never going to get the full scoop. You know, the media gets only some of it. And but I do think that at that amount, I don't think Chivas, you know, would pay him that much money. Um, I do feel that there was that that negotiation where America agreed to to pay like a, a percentage, at least until the contract ran out, because he was still like, you know, he's he was still under contract with them. So if they wanted to you know, they would have to pay off his release clause. And I guess it was just, she was like, we'll take the L with you. <laughs> why? It, it was why. a gamble. <laughs> and unfortunately, it just didn't pan out. You know, they they were literally paying us to take him off their hands. And, you know, it kind of felt like, oh, he would have filled that elder role, the, the leader role, yeah. the, the guy that's going to give pointers to our young strikers and maybe help out on the offense, but he did absolutely none of that. And we end up, he ends up, you know, sabotaging the team in a while. Cause that spot could have been that spot and that money could have been allotted towards something else, a young player or maybe another striker within the league, what have yeah. you. So it really is nice to have him offloaded and just away from Chivas. Cause he really just was sucking it up for the last two years. Yeah, it's disappointing, but really quick, I want to point out something because I think it's important. Let's hear it. Um, and I think if you're a Chi hermano, um, you have to keep this into consideration too. Um, you were talking about how, how much sense it made to have Chivas, you know, going into Ligilla because of the TV, because it was a, a guaranteed Clásico, either Atlas or America. Guaranteed paycheck as well. <laughs> big ratings booster and so we always hear from the Chiva haters how the league helps Chivas oh oh yeah you bring up a good point these, how all these things are made to favor them one of the big lies is that the descenso was made to protect Chivas and that's a load of BS because if you you could look up who was pushing for that, and it was Tevasteca because of Atlas. It was Tevasteca and another one, another company, and I guess it was because they, I guess they were already thinking of Grupo Ley was already thinking we're going to get Atlas, you know? But Chivas was not in the group that voted to get rid of the Senso. I think they were against it, but you could look up those, those, um, those reports because they, they do they do the FMF meetings with the club owners or the presidents they go and they they vote on stuff you know when they we're gonna have more foreigners okay let's vote on it and then you can see who voted and who didn't and that's a sense so it wasn't for Chivas it was for Atlas so that's and that's one that I keep seeing on Twitter people always bring it up Chivas voted oh, against the idea of repechaje yeah see so it's it's just People hear it because someone someone just 
start your case because of that. You know, someone said it, someone else believed it, and it spreads. And that's the other thing about, well, where, where would that help? You know, if Chivas is truly being helped by the league, well, where was it? Because they would have needed it last night, you know? Where's that red card? We joked about send something there, you know? There was a turn of turn a foul from outside the box into a penalty kick, something like that, you know, it's just joking, but it obviously wasn't there. And all the seasons when Chivas couldn't even qualify, the help wasn't there either. So that's that's one of the things that um, sort of like people will use. And it's like, there's all this evidence over here against it, but a lot of people will still believe it. And I, and I gotta say, while I'm on it, it applies to America too, because when I started watching, I would hear it a lot. Like, oh, the league favors America, you know, the, this, this, and that. And the time I started watching, America went on a 13-year dry spell. So after a point, I was like, wait a minute, if they're favoring them. How come they can't win? You know, they must be doing a really bad job. So it, it is these things that we hear. And, and but when we look at the, you know, when we look at the facts, then you see it's it's more, it's just more more talk than anything else. One thing that you um, do, do bring up is that I totally forgot about that happened last night was there was uh, an incident with uh, Tiva. You know, it was a stupid tackle. It was early in the game, and it was a decisive uh, action. You know, because it was marked as a penalty <laughs> kick in favor of Puebla after we had just had the lead for a, a little bit. So they did not go to VAR. They did not review the play, but it was obviously outside the box. He did land inside the box, but the tackle was done outside the box. We don't we don't even have VAR for some reason. They don't even go to VAR. And, uh, you know, Puebla at the time the game. So it's like we had that against us. And uh, I, was ex- I was fully expecting to see the the refereeing in our favor, but it wasn't the case. So, you know, it's, it was one of those things where it's like, good, we don't have any excuse to, you know, what happened. It was a, it was a fair and square loss. And, uh, you know, it could have gone the other way if the referee had, had used VAR. So I'm glad that we didn't get the benefit of the doubt, but again, I'm just not really looking forward to next season. I don't know what kind of strings Velaz can pull. But you know, I just I'm not very optimistic about our chances next season. I just don't see much I don't, changing. I don't think he's even in charge at this point. He's sort of like on standby. I think he's uh, he's uh, Maori's safety net because if he leaves, Maori doesn't know shit from Shinola about soccer, and it'll be Leano pretty much running the whole show at that point. So yeah. I think he's like, hey, just chill over here, you know, and uh, let let this dude do his thing. As we talked before, the Leaños and and the I keep saying Martinez Garza, but I'm not really sure which which ones are the ones that inherited all the all the Mex Louvre now Acron money and are are one of the the main sponsors right now at the club, but but they're related Leaños and and all of those guys, so. They would pretty much at one point um, sort of take over. You had something similar. It's funny at America at one point uh, with the Canedos when they were almost 
taking over the whole team and everything, they renamed the stadium as well. Azteca was the Cañedo White Stadium, and they were they were trying to uh, usurp the power. So who knows if this is going on? But Mihaime, we have a lot of games. Yes, other games to talk, and uh, this is not the the Chiva Power Hour. So we need to <laughs> move I on, agree. or else we'll be here all night yeah. talking about the novela. And uh, I do want to remind the listeners out there on YouTube and Twitter, uh, this is not just a, a one-two conversation. If you do have something on your on your mind, you want to ch- chime in on the conversation, uh, just invite it to speak and, and we'll allow you to talk. We did have another match last night with Santos handling business against Atletico San Luis. As expected, they, they did win. Uh, so they are through to the next round. And to, today we had some pretty entertaining matches with Toluca. Uh, as we predicted, not in the best form. Uh, ended up losing to Pumas. I wish Chiquis was here so he could, you know, chime in on his thoughts. But Dineno, remember that name? Yeah, he came back. He scored. He got the the goal uh, to give Pumas the, the victory. 2-1. And uh, we had Cruz Azul, the current champions... Uh, they will no longer be the champions. They lost to Rayados 4-1. So those were the, the results around the league for Repechaje, man. What, what are, you, are you surprised with these results? What, what do you think? No, Toluca, um, they started the season. They looked like favorites. They looked like contenders. They were top of the table. And then towards the end, they just fizzled out. And... Uh, you know, Pumas was the opposite. They started catching fire right into Liguilla, and then they they just went in there, man, and they they took care of business. But yeah, Toluca sort of not sure what happened there with Cristante, man. His his magic powder must have run out. <laughs> but I think you said it was like over a month without a win. Yeah, it was it was well over a month without a victory. We have to go back to. Man, I want to say like match week nine. You said I think the game against America, uh, match week nine. That was where's the date? Sept- September eighteenth. They blew their load, man. <laughs> they wouldn't have kids. I mean, that's it. Like we done. It, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So they're out. Uh, let's see what what what's in store for them. Uh, Cruz Azul. I I thought you know. Um. They say the campeonitis, but it's always been, the stat has always been that teams that make the Liguilla, 60% of the time will not qualify to the That's a crazy statistic. Yeah, and it's, it's if you, you know, if you keep track, it's pretty much. Happens, pretty to, much happens to World Cup champions as well, you know. Yeah, it's been happening. Yeah, and so that. That, but Cruz Azul still, you know, they, they kind of got in there. I guess it was just their bad luck to go up against Monterrey because they're, you know, they're they're obviously capable of winning it. They have a very stacked team and they have a very capable coach. So we have to hand it out to Aguirre because he was getting a lot of hate. He was. <laughs> up, until, up until they won the, um, what was it, the league? They keep changing the name. They right? won the, the uh, Champions, was- Champions League. Champions League, there you go. He, he wins that club. They, they beat America, if I'm not mistaken. And that was like a huge win for them. And and but then, you know, Rayados wants league titles. They want they want Liguilla and he ends up 
because they had gotten some pretty bad results against some like weak teams. But you know, they he did business taking out Cruz Azul. He just took out the the reigning champion. So I think uh, not not surprised. Aguirre Vasco's always been he's been always a good coach. And if I'm Tata Martino right now, I'm uh, I would be lighting my candles at that Aguirre doesn't run away with his league title. I, know, I don't I'm, think Aguirre would come back for a third time, bro. That would be... I do think he would. That would be ridiculous, bro. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm not... And I'm not against... I'm like Tata, man. I'm a, if if Aguirre I'm a, comes I'm back at the 11th hour to bail us out of the World Cup qualifiers and take us to another World you, Cup, you, I will shave even, my head like Aguirre. <laughs> I, I, I'm putting that on record right now. You don't. He doesn't have to save like I get, that. That doesn't have to crash the boat, you know. Um, he could just be, not be getting the results that, similar to like Bora Milutinovic when he had the team uh-huh. in '96, '97. He had the team, and and I think he had just qualified them. I think he he qualified the team, uh, but he had a couple of results like a draw in Azteca against Costa Rica. Mm. They had like. They had like three shots on goal, and they were all goals. Oh, it, was one I see. Of those games. it was one of those games. Um, but people were not convinced, you know? It was like, ah, Bora. And then I'm like, dude, do you know this guy's like already World Cup expert, and, and you're yeah. going to get rid of him? Because I don't know. But they make this whole big campaign, and they got him kicked out. And, he, you know? I um, think there's uh, the next thing Ken say, you know, Tata blows the next two games. I think it would be Nacho just because he's available and he doesn't, you know, he has he has a pretty good pedigree. I don't think uh, they would ask anybody in the league to, you know. Well, hey, if we go by history. I know they did it with Piojo. But that's what they've done it with everyone. Like, whoever's been at the top, mm. flavor of the month, you know. What if they so ask Solari? Would they do Solari or no? No, you, you have to win. You have to have that. If he wins the title, you need to have that. Well, that's what I mean. That Liga. Because America's America is the favorite to win this thing. I'm telling you right now. And he oh, yeah. he's been he's been running this team like a fine tuned machine. I mean, he would be a, an immediate candidate to coach he's Mexico. He's the favorite, but but you know Monterrey already Monterrey. So I mean, if they face it, Monterrey again. Yeah, we'll see what I, happens. I would give it to the Rayados to take it. Uh, oh, oh, okay. So we're getting into some predictions. Okay, I get you. Hey, well, because, man, I'm telling you, people don't give much credit to Aguirre, but he's he's one of Mexico's best coaches, you know? Probably, yeah. like, what, the only what? one to have an international career? And he had a lot of teams, you know, from Japan to Egypt and whatnot. Um, so, I mean, he's... Not the best track records with either one of those countries but yeah i do agree hey but they're not who else is getting offers you know hey uh, man don't disrespect dena and the uh oh, powerhouse of guatemala he's gonna make history just you watch just you mexi haters you see they're making know. history he's making guacamole but either way we're gonna see something <laughs> no i do think um where were we jaime I, all right, I have a bone to pick with just players right now because, you know, they've been sucking it up for the Selección and then, you know, you go back to your clubs and Raul Jimenez looking like freaking Wayne Rooney out there with Wolves. And then you have Funes Mori scoring a brace 
I'm like, yo, why can't you kind of get this kind of form with the national team? Is it because you have all these players from all these clubs? You don't really play together. Yeah. You don't really gel together. Pretty much. I and, uh, and then systems, different systems, different and, systems, know, and different roles sometimes too. You know, it's like I don't understand it, bro. I, I really don't understand it. I don't know what's what Tata's does. And I, mean, in, I was uh, looking at the service that Jimenez was getting in oh, the yeah. last two games, and that it's, was yeah, it's like AYSO under twelfth level. You know, passing and centros, and I was like, I was just surprised at how these guys couldn't even cross the ball, and I. I felt almost they weren't trying. You know, it's crazy because, uh, you know, when he scored that goal for Wolves, one of the first people that commented is like, if this was La Selección, you know, whoever was like, say, Gallardo was on the ball, he would have immediately like tried to cross the ball instead of like finding Raul Jimenez on the outside of the 18-yard box. And it's sad because that's true because that's our instinct. And I don't know why, but I sometimes I have to check my prescription and check my glasses to make sure they're, they're not dirty because I swear, bro, watching Mexico play and watching Chivas play is like the same freaking thing. They use speed <laughs> on the wings and they send the ball into the box and nobody's there or it's a terrible cross, but they don't really try to penetrate any other way. And it's just like, dude, it's like it's the one trick pony, man. Like, I don't know what Tata has them do in training camp or in practice, but whatever he's doing, it's not working. It's even got Joel upset. He he threw his mic on the ground. It fell actually. It slipped <laughs> from my ear. Yeah. So yeah, no, let me let me paint you the picture now that we have our four qualified entries. America is going to end up having to play against Pumas. So we got that yeah. Ciudad de Mexico. Capitalino. We got that Ciudad de Mexico throwing rocks at your bus as you go into the stadium. Uh <laughs> And um, one thing I noticed, I don't think Bumas are having um, fans in the stadium. So I don't know if that will be like a disadvantage for them as they head into this match. Yeah, they have the, what happened, La Rebel? What happened there? Is it the COVID, COVID thing. Or... Yeah. All right. I Probably not. I don't think so. Not not to that point where it's like players are intimidated to go into Seoul. I don't. I just especially because the stadium it has that big, big uh, racetrack around mm-hmm. it, so you probably can't even hear someone's yelling. You know, mean stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? What was he saying? I don't even know. <laughs> you know, I, I don't. I just don't think because there are some stadiums where it's it's very close. Yeah, you know, super intimidating. A, yeah, they put the fence up, and people could will say the nastiest stuff. Not just like, "Oh, your sister," you know, or whatever. Yeah, they'll say like, "Like, hey, man, watch your back," you know, things like oh, that. Oh, no, dude, I'm right. Death threats, man. Like, I know what car you're driving. Oh man, because, because stuff like that does happen with the players, or they'll get confronted when they're leaving in their car, or we got like, getting somewhere. So yeah, check wife getting death threats. <laughs> So some stuff like that will, you know, freak you out. And then all of a sudden you can't pass the ball that good anymore. You're, you're thinking of this dude got, got to you. But no, I don't, I don't see it like that. But I, I, I give the favorites to, to Ame. I think this game's for them. Absolutely. They've been... They've been sh- the sharp- I'm they've, just saying they're favorites, not that they can't lose. They've been sharpening <laughs> their talents and they've been just, you know... 
You know, like after like a like a like a like a animal like a predator eats, you know, they're they're sharpening their their teeth and they're picking out the bones from the you know their last victim. I think America right now is just in really good form, and they they should be able to handle pumas with ease. Um, Atlas are gonna. Oh, I, don't, I don't know with these, I mean, I don't know, man. These, Who knows? Pumas are proven to be feisty, and I, yeah, I think they they're gonna go down with a, you know, they're not going down without a fight. Yeah. Atlas square up against Rayados. That's a pretty good matchup, man. What do you think about that? Yeah, I do think it it, it could be entertaining, and I'm gonna give the edge to Rayos, Rayados. I mean. You know, Just the uh, more you know, more deep squad. It's a team that's been together for a while too, uh, and then Aguirre seems to have finally, you know, figured things out there. So I do, I do think they they should be the favorites. Well, check this out. Uh, they played each other in September, and Atlas actually beats Rayados that time. Yeah, but I mean, Aguirre knows what's up, man. I'm telling you, he, you know. Once you get to Liguilla, it's a different, it's a different ball game, and you, some of these coaches they know how to play those tournaments. That's why I was bummed to see uh, Busek go because I know he's he's good at that. But uh, and I think I think uh, Aguirre is one of those he's he's one of those coaches, man. They've been around long enough. They sort of know they got a few tricks up their sleeves. Yeah. Leon is going to play against Puebla. Yeah, Leon, Leon, man. Uh, Holan has been doing a pretty good job. Uh, he's Argentine guy that was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was Almeida. He was like an assistant to Almeida. Oh, okay. But... But he did good in Argentina. I think he won a one of those Mercosur or one of those cups over there. He was doing good. Then he went to Brazil. Things didn't work out so well. And then he came to Mexico. But he's shown good things. And he did win already with them. Um, that MLS cup, right? Uh, what was it? The, um, the league or what is it? They call it the League's Cup. There you go. So many cups, Jaime, I, I lose track. Yeah. But yeah, they, he won already with them. And I do think uh, I would I would give them the edge, man, Leon, right there. They've been, I think maybe the only thing is they seem to have kind of an old squad, you know, it's a couple of players already up there in age. But I think uh, you manage them right. Shouldn't be too much of a problem. And lastly, Tigres and Santos. Yeah, another good game. I know it might not seem so, but Santos been those teams that, you know, they 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 challenge for the league every what three four years. So they put they put together pretty good squads, and they seem to be on track again to go there. Um, and this will be Piojo, man. Piojo's first. You know, first Liguilla with Tigres. Didn't start off so hot, but he managed to get them on track. I like Piojo. I think I think Piojo 
Piojo was one of those other that I was talking like Aguirre and some of these guys that they just been they they grew up on Liguilla. They know they know what the name of the game. Mm-hmm. One thing I would like to point out is after America lost or was not not necessarily lost, but after Pachuca uh, took them five five and they won uh, based on away goal rule. Uh, they decided to remove that away goal rule. So any draw will go into the favor of the higher-seeded team. I prefer that, Jaime. Oh, yeah. I'm just letting you know that because that will change, I would think, the game plan for uh, a, oh, lot, yeah. a lot of these game, uh, coaches and tactics-wise. You know, Because I can see Atlas just straight up parking the bus for 180 minutes and getting through on, on that factor you know because when you're playing a team like rayados that are dynamic and stacked you know you can you can try to minimize and mitigate that damage by just parking the bus so um i do expect america to win i do expect rayos to win i do expect leon to win um as far as Tigres and santos that one's a really toss-up but you know it's it's one of those things where you kind of have to factor in the whole home field advantage so I, I think it's like a little bit unfortunate. I did enjoy the away goal rule because it, it forces you to to be the uh, protagonist. Um, but there needs to be some sort of benefit to you know ending the season, uh, you know, on a higher higher seated. So I, I understand why they did that. Yeah, make make the regular season more that more important. Because yeah, there are some teams that sometimes I'll check out. So, eight teams left. I don't think that the schedule is out yet, but we'll we'll per, we'll know pretty shortly, probably by tomorrow, uh, since these games need to happen this week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I mean, I have not seen, I have not seen a list yet of the days, but we probably should be seeing it by tomorrow. <clears throat> Yeah, we'll see what happens. So you're saying America is your favorite. They're your gallos to win it. I said that in the beginning of the season, and that hasn't changed. I think they've just been, maintain the, it. They've been the most consistent. It, it sucks to see from you know a Chivas hardcore fan, but <laughs> you have to give respect. You know, you like you see it. You see it on the pitch every single week. Um, you know, they've had a bit of misfortune in the last couple of seasons, you know, eliminations and stuff like that, kind of taking their foot off the, the pedal. But I think with Solari, man, I think it's it's their title to lose. Um, apart from that, I really don't see any other protagonists, you know, maybe Rayados under Aguirre or, you know, maybe a Tigres under Piojo. Yeah, you know, and I think if it was just on points, they would have won it. But because you have Liguilla, that's where I see that like, it's hard for me to just have one team as favorites. I would put America, Monterrey, and Tigres as a... Those would be my... Like, any of those can win it because of, you know, the, the just how stacked they are, the type of players they have, and they, they just need to come in at the right moment. You know, catch, catch on fire just, just at the, the right moment, and, and they could run away with it. So, but but yeah, I, I I agree with you on America on how consistent they've been. But that's that's the whole thing with uh, 
Liguilla, one 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 slip of one bad game, and that could cost you the whole season, which happened to them last season. Yeah. Wait, wasn't it to Pumas? Who who was it to where they they shit the bed because they were doing that that party? Uh, you talking about last season? Yeah. Uh, hold on. I know the answer to this. <laughs> I'll put the Jeopardy song. Yeah, the comeback. I remember the comeback. I just forgot. It's been a while. Because if it was Pumas, that'd be interesting if they play them again. You know, that'll be that rematch. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember, man. I know there was like a four-zero comeback, right? Um, I don't know. I just know that. Um, <laughs> I just know that they they had that party. Yeah. Quartos de final. Yeah. Memory, bro. I swear, dude. We'll find it. I have Jamie looking it up right now. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, though, I mean. Yeah, it's one of those things, man. I I think it's going to I think Omega is going to win and it's going to suck because they're going to have another title on, on, on Guadalajara and, you know, suddenly the, the gap is not closing. It's, it's getting bigger. The gap. You're still looking for it. (laughs) Yeah, I am. (laughs) 2021 season. Here, I think. Let me see. I think I found it. Oh, it was uh, semifinals. It was the it was the it was the it was the season when Chivas beat America. Uh, Pumas came back to beat Cruz Azul. They lost four zero the first game, and then they they scored four goals. And they they ended up losing the final against Leon. Wait, so it was the I think we were just talking about it. Was it the Pachuca game where they messed up because they had the party? I think it was Pachuca. Yeah. Yeah, we already <laughs> we're all mixing stuff. I know, man. It was one of those. It was one of those that like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all coming back where they. Um... They won four two. America won four two in the first leg, and then Pachuca came back and scored uh, three. Yeah, but the America partied, man. They partied yeah. like nineteen ninety nine. They they uh they they scored three in El Azteca, and because of that away goal, they scored you know three away goals. They uh they were able to to get through on the draw based on away goals. Yeah, crazy.
But yeah, that's pretty much Repechaje recap. Apart from some of the players abroad doing some good stuff, like Raul Jimenez scoring goals. He's, man, he's single-handedly carrying wolves, man. It's 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 pretty impressive. It was good to have him back because we feared he might not, you yeah, know. His we were... head was all busted up. He had to wear, like, a special helmet. But now it's, like, just a bandana, I think. He's wearing a head. He's wearing like headgear. Um, yeah, but we thought it was going to be that helmet, you know. Like yeah. Or stick. What I what I do find interesting is the headgear. The way he wears it is the most protective part of the headgear is on his uh, scar. Yeah. So normally, like with the headgear, like your forehead is where the most protective part of the headgear is, but. Mm. He has it on his scar, and since his return from his injury, he has not scored uh, with his head. So he used to have like that aerial presence, and he used to score a lot of his goals with his head. He's gotten close, but he hasn't done it yet, so I'm sure he's trying to get that monkey off his back. Oh. So yeah, I mean, we can keep it pretty short tonight. Do you have any any other thing on your minds? Oh no, sir, no, sir. Um, we could finish it off with Chiwa talk since we already <laughs> <laughs> we more. Uh, what happened? What I what I can tell you is everybody has been enjoying the making fun of Chivas online. All the memes are coming in, <laughs> and I do think that. It's just, I'm just tired, man. I'm just tired of being the butt of every joke. And it's just like, it's been like that for a while now. And it's just like, I don't see, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, bro. I just, I only see it stagnating or getting worse. And I I really don't have any faith in uh, Vergara Jr. and Belas. I think that those two combined are just the blind leading the blind and, and just running this, running this team to the ground, bro. It's. I would say I may have a bit more faith in Pelias. I am disappointed. I do feel like he's sold out. But I think that um from and from this is from what we know, from what actually info that was put out there, even by the club, so the club confirmed it, uh-huh. was that his contract was gonna end uh, I believe in December. So his contract oh. was was gonna end and and I think that's when the whole año and 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 co made the strong push to be like, you know, this dude hasn't delivered, you know, let me take over. And I think they they put pressure, and I think that's when they said, all right, um, you know, that's that's when they handed over. I, I think Amadi handed over the keys, and I I do think he he. You know, he, he probably told Pelias, we're pretty effed without these dudes because there's there's not that much money, you know? So if you hang around, uh, I'm going to let him do his thing and then you, you could take, you know, you could finish this up after he he leaves because if... And that's the whole thing where, where Jaime, I don't want to be where it's like I want to be like those fans that want the team to do bad just to have... Yeah, you know that doesn't help. Change, anything. 
And that's the whole thing, though, with, with Leaño is he's going to be there for the whole of next season, and it depends how he does, if he's going to stay or not. Because even him, you know, he talked a mighty big game, which I think that was a big mistake on his part. And it's already biting him in the ass where he, he gave that interview and he said, you know, I want to go to Spain and win everything. Then I want to go to England and I'm going to win everything. Then I'm going to come back to Mexico and, and win the World Cup. And so now it's like, you know, he's sort of like that expectation. He he put a very high expectation on 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 the coach, you know, the type of coach he he thinks he can be, um, which I'm not saying don't have that, but don't put it out there, you know, because now that's how you're going to be getting judged. And that dude, this one guy on Twitter was clowning on him. They were calling him, uh, oh man, what's that dude? They were, they were, they, they he made his name into different coaches, oh, like okay. Michel Globe, something. And uh, that that's gonna keep happening with I, I feel with with Leaño where it's like there's gonna be that pressure for him to do really good just because he he said you know similar I don't know if you remember when Vergara brought in well when Vergara first came on he said I'm bringing in the best coach in the world that and, was when he went oh okay and what did he bring in he brought in Yayo de la Torre which was one of the De La Torre's cousins, you know, Chepo and Estor, it's like a relative of a relative of theirs. Mm-hmm. El, El Yayo De La Torre, former former player as well. But I mean, this guy, you you don't say I'm bringing in the best because he thought, okay, I'll have Bianchi in the bag. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hire Carlos Bianchi, who arguably you could have said he was the best or one of the best because he had. You know, he was Boca. dominant with Boca Juniors, but yeah. he also won. You know, before the club's World Cup, there was that, that that Intercontinental, and he had won it. You know, so he had beaten the top European team, and he was the best team in South America. And so, and he did come to Mexico. You know, it it, it uh, but I think he he came to do a World Cup TV. <laughs> he was like a host, oh, but okay. but there was talks with him. But that's sort of like, like uh, you know, he built this dude up, so now the fans are expecting this thing and uh, expecting this this world class coach, and you get, you get the, the you know Yayo, and 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 so now everyone is going to be very harsh when judging him. And so here's this guy from Record. He writes uh, he writes uh, like uh, like uh, what is it? Rumors. He has like a rumors column. And he said Franco Tirador, and he was tweeting. He's he's already, man, he's already just just um, triggering all these Chiva fans because he's just clowning. <laughs> but he he was calling. Uh, he said, Murcelo, like like uh, Mourinho, uh-huh. Murcelo, Clubchel, Guardioleano. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like we're fortunate to be, to live in this era, you know. He's comparing them to those three. Three coaches, but Guardiolaño is a strippy. Uh, I was like, I found it funny. I don't know why fans are getting all <laughs> bent out of shape. Like, uh, who cares, dude? Um, but yeah, I, I think he messed up with that interview. Same dude, same mistake that um, that Vuce did. 
you know, doing that interview and saying it's harder with all Mexicans. <laughs> and and then everyone was just on his ass. That that pretty much was like he stabbed himself in the back. Um, and so now it's Leaño. <laughs> It's like, look, you already, you already, yeah, you already have a target on your back and the media will already pick apart your words when you say things like don't make it easier for them. Um, I've always been a a big fan of the, uh, the undersell, uh, the, the whole under promise and, and over deliver. I've always been, I've always been a fan of that, you know? And, uh, I'm also like, it's not about like what you say, it's about what you do and, and so far, you know, I think we've given Belas plenty of time to uh, to show something. And so far, we haven't really... I will say, though, you know, uh, just the fact that we're competing for Ligia is, is, is you know, better than we were before. I, yes. I, I just don't think that coaching-wise, he's made the right choice with, with Vuse. And, uh, you know, I'm still waiting on him to bring in uh, a coach that is adequate for the job because I don't think Leano. I think Leano was kind of just like a a safety net. You know, hey, we have this guy, we can use him. No, He's cheap. I, you, I think, but see, I th- I think the opposite. I mean, I think Leano was the one that pulled the strings to take over the team. You really think so? Yes, I do. What sir. was he? What was his title? He was in charge of the youth academy. Youth. He's in charge of the youth academy, but like we've talked about, his relatives. Uh, or the Akron, you know, she was big main sponsor, and and you know the family that's always been tied to Chivas. Even the Lanos have been tied to Chivas. So these are two families that have been tied to Chivas, and and there's talk that even have helped, you know, monetarily helped the club. So I do think that they made a strong push to take over the team, um, and and I think that. You know, because they're like, okay, well, if if we've been helping, now is now is your turn. Like we've been scratching your back, Amadi is, is your, you know, now you have to scratch ours, and let this dude have a shot with the team. Um, I don't. I think he knew if if Pusa stayed that, you know, Pelais wasn't gonna get rid of him, and I, I do think Pusa would at least qualify to to Liga. Um, I do see that much happening. But I think uh, they were like, like, uh, just let me take it over now. When, uh, especially because of that interview, it was like the right moment. You know, it's like this dude's under heat. People are talking shit. Let's do it now. You know, just bounce this dude out of here. He, you know, at least under the pretext, he doesn't believe in the team. Which and you did. We, you know, you saw. It's almost like a hit job, man. You had all these different media outlets talking smack about Wuse, and I was like, what, "What's going on, man?" <laughs> you know, you. It is interesting how it uh, it's it was orchestrated, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you did. You you had um, Jose Ramon giving you know saying, "Hey, this guy's not the right man for the job." You had Perro Bermudez with you know tickling the Chiva fans where they like to be tickled, bringing up Matias Almeida. Which was a you know a load of shit. If anyone that knew anything about his contract knew that that was just not going to happen, and but he was saying, oh yeah, the, the sources claim that they they already have Almeida tied in, and this, and it's like you have all these fans listening to this, and then they're like, 
And, and now they're hating on Musa, dude. They're just like, if this dude, man, get him out of here. And so I, I do feel that happen. I guess I do feel stuff like that happens all the time where the media would, would orchestrate certain things. And you do see how fans are a lot of times are fickle and they will turn on someone. We saw it with Piojo, you know, he comes back from one of the best World Cups Mexico has had. And they're trying to murder him over a gold cup. If you see like all the media stuff was all negative. Mm-hmm. He, to the point where I remember there was this Univision guy going out of his way claiming that the ref helped Mexico. Oh, wow. Against Panama. And they were saying, oh, the, and, and which was funny because then when it was a play where the Panamanian player, like he, he falls on top of a ball. Like he had lost possession and he busts this AYSO move where he just like, like almost he's trying to recover a fumble. Oh, wait, was it it's the like penalty? How... Yeah. Oh, but and, if, and they were like, they... yeah, they were like demanding that Guardado should miss on purpose, right? Which was fucking, re- yeah, stupid, man. It was stupid. Pardon my French. It was dumb. And then when we saw the, the you know, they had a clip from another camera angle you could clearly see that he touched the ball. It was a handball. And I remember this guy, everybody was calling him on it. And he just, he just acted stupid. And he, he just pretended like not to see, but it was a clear handball. And, and you know, what was more dumb about it? Cause you had this whole talking point about like, Oh yeah. CONCACAF is favoring Mexico. And, and, and it's like, dude, CONCACAF was being under investigated. No, they're not under, they were being investigated that's when you had all this um, corruption, the whole FIFA game. And, dude, the eyes were on, on the whole tournament thing. Yeah. I'm like, you really think they're that stupid? They're being investigated. You think they're going to start fixing match fixing right during the whole FIFA gate scandal? It was just so dumb. But people want to believe that. And, and, and now you have people hating on Piojo. You know, he, he does that commercial vote for the green party or whatever. <laughs> He's a commercial with a parrot and, and anything he did, it was just being used against him until they fired hey, him. Hey, over hey, the hey, 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 you know, it's like the <laughs> haters, haters club or haters ball. It uh, was Dave Chappelle. Don't you, I remember that, <laughs> but I mean, you know, Piojo had a lot of good results and he won, he won that gold cup and, and, you know, it was interesting to see how much people were hating on him. And I do, I do feel that does happen a lot where the media will influence fans and, and people forget. And, and I've used this example because this was the, this is what like, like, uh, you know, my eyes were open at that point because I, I, dude, I, I hated, I hated La Puente, man. I used to hate him as, you know, Chihuahua <laughs> fan. He was a Nicaxa and then America. So just hated that dude, man. He was like, like my natural enemy. But then I saw what he was doing with the Selección. Also, I hated that he replaced Bora because Bora was like, he was like a favorite of mine. But but I saw he was getting the results. And at that point, I was like, he won me over. And I saw how the media managed to get everyone to turn on him. And, and I, I said it here before, you, you go from um, 98 and then 99 confederations, the win and the chance of, La Puente para Presidente to Fuera La Puente. And it's like, 
Dude, again over a gold cup? Since, since when do you guys even care about that tournament? You know, this dude just put on a really good World Cup and he won a, he won a Confederaciones over Brazil and you're losing your shit over a gold cup? I never understood it, man. I still can't. Uh, at least for the fans, like how all of a sudden you're making this tournament that much important. You, you know, you don't even care about the region and now you're losing your shit because they lost to what, Colombia or what, whoever it was. It, I, I don't get it, Jaime. I don't get it, but I see it happening and I do think if, if for those that don't like Leaño, he might have just he might have just tightened the rope around his neck with that interview. This, uh, you know, his world class aspirations. Yeah, this dude's uh, nothing wrong with uh, with being ambitious, but you know that one you should have uh, kept to yourself. And then after you do succeed or accomplish something, that's when you you show everybody your notes. <laughs> Um, yeah. But I, I will say the little clip that he had with, como se llamaba ese de Leones Negros, and then he ended up going to Cruz Azul. He was the defender. He's Spanish. Um, damn, I forgot his name. He's now on the Tudene, uh panel. Uh, he was a former player? Yeah, he's a former player. Yeah, I forgot his name, but he was getting interviewed by him. And he was, you know, he was explaining his tactics of, you know, why he does the four three three, and like why he's putting Molina, who's a center defensive mid. Why are you now suddenly moving him to a more offensive role? And you know, why do you have, uh, you know, Cornejo playing as a as a wing back? And you know, he he had some pretty good arguments of why he wants to put him in these positions, and you know, it's a little bit tactical. But I was just like, dude, like, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, bro. But, you know, yeah. he's trying to put his little, like, little bit of sparkle on the team, his little bit of seasoning, you know. He, hey, he does come from a football family. He's been around it his whole life. I don't doubt that he could become a good coach. He just never played you know? at the professional level, so it's kind of hard to take him serious. Yeah, that too. But I mean, there's there's been coaches that never played Mourinho, but I, I do feel that just the way he has gone about it, he you know it was just the wrong way. I think he could have been a bit more humilde, you know. Um, maybe coach Tapatio for a season or two, start off like that, um, because I I would have preferred if he would have done that at least because. He's been with a lot of the youth players, so he could have round up a good squad of, of some of the best talent and then coached them in in Liga de Ascenso and, and shown what he had, you know, and he would have been the perfect candidate for for the first team because he was like, not only was he in charge of the youth, but he coached, you know, he coached this team, which is something I would, I would sort of like if the club did, you know, like kind of groom their own coaches, which was something that it was like an idea that was thrown about for a while. And then they sort of like gave up on it. But I mean, if you have a team like Tapatio, then I would, it would be perfect for that, you know, to, to promote some of your better coaches that are in the youth teams to that, to that second division team. And then if they're doing good, eventually when you need a, a coach in the first team, bring that guy up. 
you know, you have that institution coach, which is like, I, I think can work. I mean, you see like in Argentina, for example, and, and who was, they were talking about, I was reading some article about how you like to, to become a coach in Argentina. I think you have to coach, like there's no way around it. Like you have to put in the work. Uh -huh. You have to coach from the youth teams all the way to the first. So you have to have like, like almost like a year in each division, something like that. And so, That's but fair. I mean, when, yeah, when you look at like why they have so many coaches coming up and then you see like why they do good and they have coaches that they themselves promoted, you know, it's, it's things that like, um, like, like they have like, who did River play have? They have Almeida, who was a former player, and then they have Gallardo right now, also a former player. Mm. And so when you think of Chivas, why can't they do something like that? Where you could have former players, and they have, like they had Travieso Guzman at one point. You know, they had Aguero Real, some of these guys that were um, Nestor. So they have had them, you know, but they have, they have them like, in between like a whole laundry list of all these other coaches that they brought from other places. So it's like, if you're going to go through like 10 coaches, you know, like it's almost like you're, you're, you're digging in a, in a ball pit trying to find, you know, the lottery number. But I do feel that that's something that they should work on as instead of like trying to always looking abroad, trying to find some answer out there. I think it's it's always been at home, you know. Yes, like, we're you, always you, seeking you. Uh, external, but it's all within. Yeah, I mean, if if you look, you know, if you look at one of the more successful, which was the '06 team, that was like what about seventy percent, seventy percent cantera. You know, when when you look at the players that made up the squad, mm -hmm. it was it was high on cantera players. And uh, and then the coach that won it was a former player. So, I mean, you, you do have stuff like that. Then you do get those other wins, like when you had it with Almeida, and that was the opposite of that team because it was like a, a foreign of, coach mm -hmm. and a bunch of players that came from other teams. Yep. So you you have both. But hey, we're supposed to like, okay, so what are we more likely to get, you know, better prospects from from bringing in coaches and trying to buy players or just doing our own and i would say it's doing your own uh, i think that's that's where i mean they're already throwing all this money got all these players when they let them you know coaches that like projects that didn't end and they end up paying some coach two years a year wages because they sacked them midway through a season i just it's all these uh projects that you again unfinished and you end up being you know less productive counterproductive in a, in that matter so i agree look at ole gunner you know he's getting a 5 million dollar uh they're paying him 5 million dollars to to quit to be, to to leave the team it's crazy I, that's my dream there Jaime. that <laughs> i will get paid to quit my job <laughs> Imagine like you're doing, dude. You're doing so bad. We're gonna give you five million just to fuck off. <laughs> I'll be 
be butthurt for just for a Can little. Can you bit. imagine? Oh Until man! Until I see my bank account, and uh... then I won't be sad anymore. <laughs> it's like the meme. At first, I was sad, but then I looked at my bank account. Um. Yeah, that's my dream, Jaime. Though that that, um, that one day they're gonna fire me from my job, but but with that massive payout. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, you're a liability. Here you go. Uh, I, I do want to end this on a somewhat positive notes. I will. I want to applaud uh, Luis Olivas and uh, Lalo Torres because those guys were asked to take penalty kicks in a sudden death match, and both of them did very, very well. And uh, they are promising from the from the cantera. So I yeah. do I do want to point that out that wow they stand up job for both of them. Were those players that debuted recently? Uh, were, Luis Olivas they... debuted this season. Lalo I think has a has a season a, a, ahead, but yeah they were both debuted within the last year. So definitely kudos to those two for uh, stepping up. Yeah, and that's that's where I think uh, Chivas is is uh, that's with those type of players that I feel that the team will eventually turn things around and I do I do I do that's the other thing to discuss maybe another episode mm-hmm. of is Leaño doing a good job with the youth because the last time we checked all the teams were doing poor all of them were at the bottom except the a women's partido, team <laughs> except the women's uh, yeah they seem to be doing good but but I mean you know in 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 reference to who could go play in Chivas first. Um, and, and so that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not getting any players, but I mean, in the past, Chivas was always like top, at least in the younger divisions. And so who knows, man, who, who knows what, what we're going to see. I remember reading an article way back with um, Leo Benhacker and he was talking about Ajax and, and uh, the youth systems over there. And he he was saying how it takes about four years when you're working with, like you start a project with youth and it takes about four years to see results. Uh, if, you know, and I guess like, okay, it makes sense because if you have like a couple players that are like 17, in four years, they're like 21. They should already be starters. And then the younger ones that are like 14 or 15, they're already pushing into the first team, you know. They're already beginning to see, all right, this guy's going to be good uh, because you do see them at that age when you have a good, you know, a player that stands out. At, by 18, they're already, they could already be first team uh but I'm, of course, we're talking about like the exceptional players, like Rafa Marquez, 18 was already Guardado. playing. Yeah, Guardado players like that. Uh, Alberto Ochoa. Medina, he was, yeah, Ochoa. See, so I was like, yeah, that made sense. So um, I don't know how long Leaño has been there. Uh, maybe three years, I'm guessing. So maybe this next season we're gonna see uh, <laughs> his, if his plans come into fruition. His uh, his uh, <laughs> senior year. 
Yeah, because they would, you know, the four-year stuff. And uh, it makes sense to me. <clears throat> yeah. So we'll leave it at that with a little bit of, of hope. I do hope that Chivas get uh, Zaid Munoz back from Atletico San Luis because uh, I was watching some of his work, especially when he was at Tapatios. He's a great player. He's tall. Um, and I'm also still banking on Chevy Martinez. He had a pretty pretty brutal injury, but I think he's back on the team now. So I was wondering what happened to him because yeah. I kept hearing all these good things about it. Chevy. Yep. Baby face, Chevy, man. It's like the next Chicharro. And I was like, oh, man, once they say this, the next yeah, this. You just, like, cur- vale, you just vale, cursed vale, him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then all of a sudden, he just, you know, I don't hear about him anymore. So I didn't know he was injured. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he got injured pretty pretty bad last, last season. So he's still, like, you know, somewhat recovering. But, yep. Do you know how old he is? He's 20. Okay, so he still has four more years till he he's, he debuts in Chivas. <laughs> as, a, as a joven futuro promesa. Yeah. He's, no, you said he's what, 20? Yeah, he's 20. Yeah, no, see, he should already be in the first team. And he, he, and like, he, like he you has, said. Um, he has uh, played for Chivas, so, but very, very briefly. Yeah, and it's like you said, like someone like like Oribe, as much as I like them, that he takes up a spot. But I do feel that. And then, and then the other thing is the whole short season Liguilla means the coach is less likely to to put him in there because you, you don't have that much room, you know. He was included in the Guardians Next Generation 2018. A lot of those huh. players that are on that list never pan out. <laughs> <laughs> All of the the news the newspaper the, the, the Guardian, yeah. Yeah, the the the, the promesas. Yeah, yeah, who knows? It's it's hard, man. It's hard as youth because you could be top of you know, top of your class as youth and then it the game changes because a lot of these guys, as they become older, their body changes too, mm-hmm. you know? So once they go into more adult body, um, then some of them, I don't know, man, it's like they lose their mojo. Uh, Jesus you know? Hernandez was, I believe, the only player that made that list this year, um, Mexican player. His name's uh, Jesus Hernandez from uh, Gallos. And I guess you can kind of call him a Mexican, uh, Luca Romero, but he he is. He's half. (laughs) I think he declared himself for Argentina, though. Yeah, no, yeah, he's not going to play for Mexico. Yeah. Was he just born in Mex or or what? I think think his mom. His mom? Yeah. And then his dad is Argentine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's like a big Aguero fan. Yeah, he's not. Also, uh, sad news to hear about Aguero that, you know, he's not going to be able to play anymore because he had a heart condition. Did, did Barcelona had Barcelona just signed him? Because I don't, I don't really keep Aguero, up Aguero, man, just, I mean, it was so funny because, you know, he he signed, right? And then him, Messi ended up leaving. So it's just kind of awkward. <laughs> 
It's like, bro, yeah, you, you told were, me to were, come here and then you leave? Like, what the hell? They were very close. And as youth, they dominated. And they mm -hmm. won the Olympics back to back. And they were the two big prom promesas, you know. And, and um, yeah, that sucks that they didn't get to play. Uh, so he never did he even play for Barcelona or uh so he made his debut um October 17th he's played four games uh he suffered a cardiac arrhythmia oh, arrhythmia uh irregular heartbeats basically like afib and uh, it says uh Gerard Romero reported that Aguero will announce his retirement following the week due to the severity of his heart condition. And uh, my question is, how did this not, you know, during the medical, how does this not come up, you know? Yeah, and, I, and what was he, a free transfer? Like, Yeah, he, he left City uh, on, a, on a free. Yeah, I guess they were just hoping, you know. It's probably desperate, Barcelona. Because you're right, they, dude, they win the Turk. The Turk team sent sent uh, sent Fabian packing, man. They're like, hey, you got a busted back. Oh man! So check this out. Uh, I, I was curious to see uh, the Guardians twenty twenty. So last year, they put Marcelo Flores, and uh, he's obviously doing amazing for Arsenal and you know for Mexico, and they also put this kid named Luis Puente. Um, and they they updated it just last month. It says, oh. uh, it's the moment every footballer treasures the day he steps onto the pitch for the first ever professional appearance. But for Puente, a dream debut turned into a nightmare, coming on as a second half sub for Chivas reserve side Tapatio last October. The brawny striker's big day lasted just 20 minutes before he tore his cruciate ligaments. Since then, it's been a long and slow battle to return to fitness. Um, Damn! Yeah. Ouch! Ouch! So, man, she was just—they just have like a black cloud following them. They said, "Guente uh, shouldn't rush his recovery. He's a player who's going to stand out." While well, Alhada manager Victor Vucetich predicted in August. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> no, Vucetich, and that's the thing people don't give credit. He would go and he was following all the youth teams he will go to the games and he debuted about four or five players the vivo mischievous hermanos they're just i don't know what i'm gonna do with them jaime <laughs> you don't appreciate what's going on but uh what are we gonna do man what can we do uh appreciate everybody's support on youtube on twitter on spotify we will make sure to uh check in on the schedule for these Ligia matches and we'll try to get an episode in uh, later on this week. Do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap up? Yes. Yes. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, give us a like and a follow. That would help us immensely. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Well, I hope everybody has a great, Always. great night. Uh, shout out to, some of the people that hopped in and out of Twitter spaces. We appreciate your listen and we'll catch you guys in the next one.